Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the People Processes Podcast, where we dive deep into the tools, laws, and yes, processes that you need to know in order to scale and grow your organization. On this podcast, we help you structure your business processes to make your people your organization's greatest competitive advantage. Don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher of your choice. You can also subscribe at peopleprocesses.com, which will give you exclusive subscriber-only content. Here is your host, Rami Alajil, author and CEO of People Processes. We're going to be looking at a new letter from the Wage and Hour Division of the Department of Labor about the Fair Labor Standards Act, specifically about employee reimbursements. When do we have to do them? This is going to be about drivers, but it applies broadly, and it's important to think about in this time of teleworking and commuting. So we're going to dive right into that. Before we do, please take a moment to like, subscribe, thumbs up this episode. It makes a huge difference. Please do it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. All right. So here's how it works. People write letters in uh, for clarification to the Wage and Hour Division of the Department of Labor, and they respond back, and they gave some great answers this month. So here's how it works. Um, when a company employs, in this case, we're going we're to go to this exact case, the company itself employs delivery drivers who use their personal vehicles to deliver pizza and other foods. The letter itself poses several questions related uh, to to the options the company have to reimburse the drivers uh, for that use of personal vehicles in compliance with the FLSA's minimum wage requirements. First, you ask whether employees comply, employers comply with those requirements by reimbursing the drivers for either actual expenses or reasonable approximation of expenses incurred for the employee, employer's benefits. You also ask whether the IRS's annual standard mileage rates are the only way for employers to determine the reasonably approximate expenses for business use, uh, or if you can do some uh, other method. In fact, third, you, you relatedly, you suggested a bunch of alternative methods and data sources, data sources for the reasonable approximation of those expenses. Finally, you ask whether the drivers who use their personal vehicles for deliveries may be reimbursed only for the variable expenses, such as gas, oil, routine maintenance, and repairs, or whether they must also be reimbursed for fixed vari- fixed expenses. Must it be, be done for that. That would be registration fees, license fees, insurance costs not required by the employer. Okay, so that's the question. What all do I have to reimburse? How do I calculate it? And uh, here's some ideas is basically what he put out there. Here are the general principles. The FLSA requires covered employers to pay non-exempt employees no less than minimum wage for all non-overtime actually worked hours in a given work week. You can never lower someone's page under minimum wage. This is the thing that I was saying applies with telework. If you're sending hourly people to work from home, great. Just remember that any of the business expenses incurred normally depends on your state check your state regs, but in Tennessee, for example, you don't have to reimburse them for their office chairs or laptops or whatever. They can buy their own. You can. Great business expense. But if you don't, it's not the end of the world. Some states do require this. But even in Tennessee, if your employee would be pushed under the minimum wage because of this, you would have to reimburse them. You cannot pay them less than their minimum wage when you include those business expenses. 
So those wages, those minimum wage and overtime must be received free and clear. An employee's wages include the reasonable cost of board, lodging, other facilities that primarily benefit the employer uh, and therefore, the reasonable cost of such items count towards satisfying the employer's obligation to pay the minimum wage. Uh, but, I'm sorry, that reasonably benefit the employee. I said that wrong. So if it's something that it reasonably benefits the employee and you provide it, then that counts towards your minimum wage. But the cost of other facilities that are primarily for the benefit or convenience of the employer cannot be counted as wages. These costs include tools of the trade, required uniforms, or required use of a personal vehicle. They're specifically stated. An employer violates the FLSA in any work week when the cost of such tools, like the use of the employee's private vehicle, cuts into the minimum wage or overtime wages required to be paid. Therefore, an employer violates the FLSA if the employee's wages, minus those expenses, end up below the federal minimum wage for a given non-overtime work week. So, a reimbursement to, for expenses to incurred on the employer's behalf or the employee's or for the employer's convenience is sufficient if it reasonably approximates the expenses occurred. So a reimbursement amount based on IRS guidelines regarding the annual standard mileage rate is per se reasonable. If you use their chart, you're good to go. You don't have to do any more justification. While employers must keep records of the dates, amounts, and natures of the items deducted to uh, or added to, deducted from or added to each employee's paycheck, Neither the FLSA nor, nor the WHD regulations require them to keep the records of the actual expenses. Employers are instead required to keep the records they use to determine the amount of additions or deductions from wages paid. So here's what they come out to in the end. That's the background. The WHD regulations uh, permit the reimbursement of a reasonable approximation of employee expenses, not just the use of the federal uh, chart. The plain language of WHD regulations permits employers to reimburse a reasonable approximation of the expenses rather than paying the actual amount of expenses occurred. The regulation defining other facilities, it's uh, 29 CFR 531 something, states that reimbursement for expenses such as travel expenses are addressed in another section and that in turn states that reimbursements may not be in an amount that reasonably approximates I'm sorry, maybe in an amount that reasonably approximates the uh, incurred expense. So one of that regulation's examples explicitly states that an employer can reimburse the actual or reasonably approximate amount of an employee's expense to travel by private car. One reason a reasonable approximation, one reason a reasonable approximation may be important is that precise calculations are not practical or even possible sometimes, depending on the nature of the expense. For example, it may not be possible to calculate exact depreciation, fuel usage, etc., with precision, at least not without extraordinary effort, particularly with mixed usage, where sometimes they're using their personal car for personal, sometimes for corporate. As the plain language of the regulation makes clear, a sufficient uh, approximation, a, a reasonable approximation is totally sufficient. The plain reading is supported by the WHD record keeping requirements. Employers are required to keep records of the dates, amounts, and natures of the items that make up additions and deductions, as well as all records they use to determine the cost, operating and maintenance costs, the depreciation interest, whatever you're using, if these costs are involved in the, in the choice to add or remove money for someone's paycheck. But they're not required to keep track of the employee's actual expenses. It would not make sense for the FLSA to impose on an employer the obligation to keep a record 
when control over that record is exercised by the employee rather than the employer. Okay? So you can use a reasonable approximation. You don't have to go to an extraordinary effort. Use your brain. <clears throat> the WHD has previously advised that when employees purchase uniforms, for example, on their own rather than through their employer, no record of such private transactions need to be kept under the FLSA, even if you uh, do some sort of reimbursement. The only time you need to keep track, uh, the only thing you need to keep track of is the way, is the, for example, <clears throat> in that case, they didn't even know what they spent. They just said, we're going to pay you 20, we're going to reimburse you 20 bucks per uniform. And they just had the company they bought them for or whatever. You just had to show that you had additional uniforms. However, you did that. That's how they did it. They didn't need to know the exact expense. They didn't know the number of uniforms. They had to keep a record of the number of uniforms because that was used to determine the re reimbursement. Okay. So um, the IRS business mileage rate is one way of doing this. That's a way of determining uh, how much to pay out, right? It is optional, not required. The regulations specifically allow for other methods of approximation. The plain language allows you to approximate the employee's expenses through methods other than the IRS business standard mileage rate. Uh, a rate itself is only an approximation of the expenses incurred to operate a vehicle, right? Uh, the commissioner to establish the mileage reimbursement rates of, uh, uh, are, are, is called uh, a general applicability. It's nationwide. A reimbursement for employee travel expenses uh, qualifies as reasonable as a payment um, that may excluded from the regular rate if it satisfies two requirements. First, it must be a payment for expenses incurred by reason of action taken for the convenience of the employer. So is this something for you, like delivering your pizzas? Cool. Second, it must be the same or less than the maximum reimbursement payment permitted by the IRS. A regulation that explicitly allow employers to approximate expenses at a rate lower than the IRS standard rate cannot be read to require employers to use the IRS standard rate. The FOH cannot be interpreted as permitting the IRS. Now, this particular letter asks to clarify a particular section of the Wage and Hour Division's Field Operations Handbook, the FOH. If you haven't read it and you're an HR person, you should. It really covers a lot of these things in detail uh, concerning the employer's use of the personal car. It actually lays all this out. In order to resolve whether employers are permitted to use methods other than the IRS standard rate to approximate delivery drivers' reimbursable expenses, uh, the department promulgated an applicable regulation, and the FOH, FOH, the Field Operations Handbook, reflects that regulation. It's Section 778-217-C. 778-217-C. It states that reimbursements at the same or less than the IRS rate can qualify as reasonable per se, and that employers may use the actual or reasonable approximation of expenses. So if you have some method that is higher than the Fed rate, you can totally use it if you can justify it. If it's less than the Fed rate, as long as you're doing it at a flat mileage rate, fine. It's same or less is reasonable per se. More than that, you just have to prove that you have a reasonable policy. Um, and that does not have to be the actual costs. It can be some approximation thereof. So the FOH provides two means of calculations, but that doesn't foreclose other methods. So you can, you can set up your own reasonable approximation. Uh, the WHD in their letter does not endorse particular methods of approximating the employee's expense for reimbursement. The FLSA's implementing regulations are flexible on the issue, requiring only that the method reasonably approximate employees' actual expenses. Whether a particular method does so will depend on the circumstances in each case. So 
Um, the letter itself that they wrote to the WHD suggests a bunch of different methods by which you might suggest approximating, uh, approximating, approximating a delivery driver's actual expense. Maybe a flat rate per delivery based on the average miles driven as and the average vehicle expenses per mile. Uh, maybe a mileage rate customized to the employer and averaging costs among that employer's drivers because the costs in Detroit are very different than in Roanoke, Virginia. A fixed and variable allowance, which is used by the IRS and is based on fixed and variable payments calculated from local data. Maybe a percentage of net sales of the driver's deliveries. That could be a reasonable approximation. Uh, according to this letter, well, according to what he asks. And he asked the WHD to approve as reasonable these and similar sources that an employer might use. And basically the WHD said, uh, no, right? This is on you. If you don't want to use the standard rate and you want to use something that comes something different, totally cool. You could use a lesser rate, but if you want to use a different approximation method, like uh, things that include uh, the Federal Highway Administration's average annual miles driven, the data supplied by insurers and other entities, uh, such as Edmunds, that regularly study costs associated with operating motor vehicles. Great. Vehicle expense reimbursement rates calculated by companies regularly engaged, um, such as Modus. That's like a company that does this. Periodically conducted surveys. Uh, you can use any of that. The WHD neither approves or disapproves of any of these methods. It's on you. To the extent that some or all of these methods may reasonably approximate the actual business expenses incurred by the employees, uh, under certain circumstances, great, they will comply with the act. To the extent that they fail to reasonably approximate such expenses, they will not apply with the act. That's how they put it in their letter. Neither the FLSA nor the WHD's regulations limit the sources an employer may consider or the methods may, they may use. You can do whatever you want as long as in the end it reasonably approximates these things. Whether particular information furnished by a specific source will enable a specific employer to reasonably approximate the expenses is beyond the scope of any sort of advice. That would have to be something settled in court if someone basically disagrees, right? Costs vary significantly by region. National average may be of little practical use. The average price of gasoline varies in regions and even among neighboring states. Uh, the FLSA and the regulations permit a reasonable approximation based on variable data sources without regard to the particular inputs. It's basically up to you, okay? Oh, he did also ask about fixed expenses. Whether reimbursement rates include fixed expenses depends on whether the expense is incurred primarily for the employer. Generally, employers must reimburse expenses an employee incurs on its behalf or that an employee is required to expend primarily for the employer's convenience. It need not reimburse expenses normally incurred by the employee for his own benefit. Ultimately, the question of whether the employee owns and thus incurs the expense to operate his or her, her car primarily for the employee's own benefit or for the employers is going to depend on the individual thing. So for, if they own a car, and that's part of having the job, it's the car they drive around in, the fee for staying licensed to drive a car is not necessarily primarily for the employer's benefit. Same with keeping it permitted or the oil changes. Now, an oil change can probably be a variable expense, right? You do them every 3,000 miles. So you can calculate that one pretty easily. But registration, title, tags, things like that, are fixed expenses and you would determine whether it's at the employer's benefit or the employee's. If you determine it's at the employer's benefit, you can reasonably approximate it. Again, you could use some uh, variable method, some method where you estimate the number of times that someone has to renew their tags, so on and so forth, and include that in your variable method or make it a flat rate. Totally up to you. Um, a good example of this is clothing. 
So going back to the uniform thing, uh, a uniform, a required uniform is a tool of the trade, right? If you have to wear something special to work for me, I have to provide it for you or pay for it if, if I'm reimbursing for this expense. If an employer requires an employee to wear a particular uniform, it must either supply or reimburse the employee to the extent that the cost cut into the minimum wage, as we talked about. On the other hand, an employer that requires a certain style of dress rather than a particular specific uniform need not reimburse the employee if the required clothing allows for variations in the clothing's details and is more in the nature of street clothes that can be worn outside the employee's job. In other words, the more distinctive the clothing and the more likely an employee would, would be to find it uh, distasteful, uncomfortable, or inappropriate for everyday use, the more likely it is that the option, that the clothing would be uh, found to be a uniform, which the employer would have to pay, again, if it pushes someone under minimum wage. The WHD, for example, has consistently allowed employers to require employees to wear white or blue button-down shirts with dark pants without being required to supply or reimburse the employees for those items. So having a car to be, have a job is not a is not something that you have to reimburse for. The, to the extent that they use it for work for your benefit, that's what you have to reimburse for. So when a, uh, the employee's vehicle is not solely a tool of the trade, employers will be required to reimburse only the variable expenses attributed to the employee's use of the vehicle for the employer. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. I hope this was helpful to you. I hope you uh, found it interesting. The rules around reimbursement rates are quite complex. Most people simply use the federal chart or some lesser multiple of it. You can do that too. You don't Again, as long as it doesn't push them under the minimum wage, you don't have to reimburse in most states. In some states you do. Uh, but in the states where you don't have to, you just can do less. And that's considered reasonable as well. But if you're going to do more, you're going to do more than the IRS table. You have to come up with your own way of reasonably approximating those things. It does not have to be actual expenses, though that would work if you could really calculate that down to the penny, but that sounds like a lot of freaking work. So you need some way of approximating it, and you need to be able to justify it. And you need to keep the records that you use to justify those additions and deductions from pay. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at People Processes. Go to peopleprocesses.com, subscribe, and get some of our subscriber-only content. And if you got something out of this, make sure you share it with anyone you know. Thank you for tuning in. Now it's time for you to go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.